0: I've never bought into the premise that if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. I think no matter what you do, I mean, I love flying. I love pets. It is, and I'm unpaid, by the way, I'm a volunteer pilot, but a total job sometimes. I mean, there are some days where I'm cleaning fluids that you never want to know comes out of a dog, um, you know, it's loud and I'm sweating the first minute just from loading crates in the plane. And I still got to fly five hours, four and a half hours. And it's just, it's a job.
1: That's Julian Javor, founder of Pet Rescue Pilots, sharing his journey with us on Bucketless Careers today. Thank you for joining, I'm Crystal Laurie. Julian figured it out young, 29 years old, based in L.A. He tells me all about how he identified his purpose, flying shelter pets to safety. And we explore his nonlinear path to forming the nonprofit that combines the two things he's always wanted to do, fly planes and pet every dog. He's upfront about the sacrifice it takes to grow his outreach in the pandemic. He actually doesn't buy into the phrase, find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life, because he says there just aren't enough hours in the day at this point. But Julian does believe that pet welfare couldn't be more worth it. Let's listen. Julian, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: No, it's my pleasure because I'm such a big fan of yours. I told you I started following Pet Rescue Pilots on Instagram and being a dog mom of two rescues. You are officially my hero. You have two rescues as well.
0: I do. Yep. Shadow and Bella. Okay, so mine are Piper and Delaney. Oh, I like the name Piper, by the way. That's, you know, Piper Aircraft. It's like... Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, like I should have named mine Piper and Cessna.
1: Oh, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Well, let's start by describing for listeners exactly what Pet Rescue Pilots focuses on and what lights you up most about your bucket list career.
0: Yeah. So Pet Rescue Pilots is an organization that I founded that's devoted to rescue by relocation, which means that we are transporting pets out of overcrowded high kill shelters in typically overburdened uh, population states like California, New Mexico, Texas. And we move them to areas where they're not dealing with the same overcrowding in their shelters, that there's lots of waiting adopters and uh, fosters and such. So that is the name of the game for us.
1: And what are some of the states you fly to the most to do the rescues?
0: Typically, we're moving pets up to Washington State, Western Canada, Northern Oregon; those areas seem to do really well with pets during the pandemic. In particular, uh, Vancouver almost experienced no pets in their city shelters, and people were unable to adopt up there even. So, I can't tell you how many calls I was getting from, "Oh, can you bring me a dog? Can you bring me a dog?" And it's like, well, you are going to have to work with one of our rescue partners because we don't personally place the dogs, right? But we only work with partners up there that we trust and know will do right by those dogs. So, I always put them in touch with the the folks up there that are receiving.
1: That's true. The numbers just shot up during the pandemic. And actually, we got Delaney because my youngest just broke me down just on those websites, constantly checking out lots of different dog profiles. You have to tell me some great rescue story. I'm sure you have a lot. I mean, I see the pictures you post on your page and... Do you just fall in love with every one of them? I mean, I would, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it's a tough situation when you love the dogs. Right. <laughs> Not to take them all home. But, uh, you know, I know they're going to a better place and I can only really provide for my two. And that's taking on another would be of course. too much, I think. So I want them to have as good a life as they can get. I mean, we've had some incredible stories. One of the most poignant ones for me was a reunion story where a dog ran away from its home on the 4th of July having been frightened by fireworks in El Paso, Texas and somehow turned up a year later almost to the date in Stockton, California and got a message from Debbie Newton with Rescue 209 that actually ended up being the start of this incredible rescue relationship that she and I have. She's our primary sending partner. So she's always kind of got a pipeline of pets coming out of Central Valley shelters that she's getting ready for transport and we place them together up there. So, I mean, without Spike and his reunion story, I never would have met Debbie. So in a way that was a huge blessing, but also to be able to reunite this small little poodle who really, God only knows how this dog survived a year and got 800 miles away. If only we could be in his shoes, but reuniting him with the little kid who was obviously devastated when he ran away and his mom and it was just really nice.
1: I'm sure. Let's rewind for a bit because you are on this show because we want to learn more about your journey. Right. And I know that you've always loved planes. You told me that. And you've always loved dogs. But you didn't put those two together, if you will, until the last several years. So how did that happen? Walk us through that.
0: You know, I finally got the opportunity to pursue flying, which had I had it my way, I probably would have been the kid that solos at the age of 17, is licensed by 18, and probably at the airlines already. But life is what happens when we're busy making other plans. So it didn't go that way. Finally, at the age of 24, I did get to start pursuing my flying career. And I very quickly rose through the ranks up to a commercial multi-engine pilot, I just absolutely loved it as much as I knew I always would and I'm I'm a total av nerd is what we call it av nerd av geek it's everything aviation you know behind me in my <laughs> office you can see just pictures of planes
1: Oh you're passionate come yeah, on there's so, nothing it's nerdy passion. about
0: that Um and <laughs> once I got that commercial rating I wanted to add some gravitas to what I was doing I've always been really passionate about volunteer and philanthropy and Yeah so I thought well why can't I volunteer my services as a pilot you know, and and have a mission associated with what I'm doing and a purpose and do some good with it if I'm already going to be wanting to fly. So I started looking at options and flying pets became something that was like, oh, you, you should try this. And I'm like, you're kidding. You can fly pets. And I never looked back.
1: But what was the impetus for that? How did you put those two together? Was it a moment or was it just sort of an evolution?
0: Honestly, there's a couple of what we call volunteer pilot organizations like Angel Flight is one of them, Mm -hmm. which focuses on providing transport to people to get to services and treatment that they need, but they can't afford to travel. And then there's Pilots and Paws, which is another volunteer pilot organization that just puts rescues and pilots together where rescues can list their requests And pilots can fulfill them. So I basically had those two options of looking at VPOs, those volunteer pilot organizations to go to. And it's not that I don't love doing things for people who need help, but I mean, pets, come on, you know, (laughs) it was an easy choice. So pilots and paws is uh, an amazing organization, but it's different than what we do. With Pilots and Paws, it's very much like, you know, rescues will put on a request for a dog that needs to get from point A to point B. Oftentimes, it's a dog that's been adopted remotely that needs to get from Fresno to Los Angeles or from Bakersfield to Napa or whatever it might be. That's about the range of what these posts on Pilots and Paws are. Mm -hmm. They're always one or two dogs. And then through building relationships, flying those trips... Is when I really got the 30,000 foot view on rescue and I realized that there's a much greater mission here, which is that euthanization in the United States, we, we euthanize a million plus dogs and cats a year across the country, but it's very geographic in nature that several states account for half of those euthanizations, California being one of those states. So that's how it morphed.
1: And you're based in LA. I don't know if I mentioned that. So it was obviously somewhat close to your heart. Yes. This cause. Absolutely. So that's how it all started. And you've shared with me that your schedule is pretty crazy. I'm looking over this. So most of your weekends, you're flying up and down the Western US from Southern California to Washington State, and you're even going into the Western provinces of Canada to do this amazing work. How did the pandemic
0: affect you or change things for you? You kind of teed it up right there with Canada. Crossing the border became a much more difficult task. Anytime you're crossing the border as a general aviation pilot in your own aircraft, it's quite a bit of work associated with it. But then on top of that, to deal with border restrictions, every customs entity kind of had a different stance on whether rescue transport was considered essential or not. Mm -hmm. It was not very linear across all of the, the different organizations like Calgary, Vancouver, Victoria all these different airports we fly into in Canada. And then, you know, you get custom agents that just absolutely love animals. And then you get some that are just like, why are we letting this guy in? So we kind of steered away from Canada starting in the midsummer of 2020. And we only did one flight up to Vancouver and one flight up to Victoria since then. Okay. We have our first, like going back up to Canada this year, coming up on May 1st, actually, when I'll be traveling with uh, a lot of people probably know this name, Zach Scow of Marley's Mutts.
1: I have heard that name. Yeah,
0: he's incredible. He's he's the founder of Positive Change, which is a, a prison training program and rehabilitation program for both dogs and inmates. He's a great guy. He's a brother from another mother. And (laughs) we created a partnership to help dogs from here get up to Victoria with the SPCA International and a a couple of groups up there. So it's exciting to get started on that this year.
1: Let's talk about what other impact the pandemic had, because you said we in terms of your organization, which I think was formed in 2019. So how many are you? And did the pandemic slow down your growth a little bit in terms of adding a network of pilots?
0: Yeah, absolutely. How are you
1: navigating that?
0: So, we, and when I say we, I am referring to our organization. We're very small. We're myself and two others that help basically with the administrative and fundraising. But yeah. for the most part, it's really me. You know, I'm doing all the. <laughs> it's lo- you and your plane. <laughs> exactly. It's all the logistics, the dispatch, the planning, and the loading, the unloading. I like to say I'm dispatch, logistics, loadmaster, pilot, flight <laughs> attendant. You know, I do it all. Yeah. Many hats. <laughs> But we definitely wanted to get involved in humane education. That was kind of part of the reason that I even started Pet Rescue Pilots to begin with, because up until the very bitter end of 2019, I was flying out of pocket myself on the weekends that I could afford to do it. And obviously I was limited by that factor, but I still was happy to do it when I could. And people started asking me, you know, where can we send donations? And it's like, well, I'm not a nonprofit, so you can't that was part of why I started it. But the main thing was I got all these inspirational messages from parents out there that were saying like, I follow your page with my kids and we absolutely love seeing what you do. It's so inspiring. It's amazing. Thank you. And I was like, wow, yeah, I can imagine for kids, you know, anywhere from kindergarten through fifth grade, seeing a young guy flying a plane with dogs out of overcrowded areas is like probably very, heroic and cool and aspirational, so.
1: Totally inspiring. Absolutely. I did show my 12-year-old your page, and she's,
0: like, in love with you, but
1: (laughs) that's beside the
0: point. Yeah. That's very sweet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I wanted to leverage that kind of cool factor Mm -hmm. that we we have. You know, a lot of times talking about spay-neuter is a difficult conversation to have with people. They're not necessarily interested, and there's a lot of different opinions. Right. But if you come in with this kind of like heroic young pilot dude to talk to kids and talk to them logically and and empathically about like, you know, we created dogs as humans. Yeah. And they only exist because we domesticated them for the sake of companionship. And all they ask in return is for our love and care. So true. And one of the ways that we can show them that is by ensuring that they're not breeding uncontrollably just to be put down in shelters. That's just something that I think would really resonate with kids.
1: So you're targeting kids, and you did tell me you have a book in the works, close to completion?
0: Book is in the works. The copy is done, but we still have a long way to go before we're we're ready to package it and get it out and release. Right. But yeah, it's in the works. It's very exciting, and it's going to come together with an educational plan as well. But really, the pandemic did set back the speaking at schools, where we had a number of speaking engagements set up for the late spring in 2020, and Obviously, none of those happened due to shutdowns. And of course, also with everyone hit so hard financially by the pandemic, we shifted our gears towards survival and just making our main program of rescue transport viable.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense. So tell me about Music Men's Minds. That's a local chapter that you do some work for. And how are you tying that into your work with Pet Rescue
0: Pilots? So a good friend of mine, he and another good friend of mine founded a local chapter of Music Men's Minds, which is a group that is kind of dedicated towards Providing those that suffer with dementia-related illnesses, like a reprieve from their isolation and the life that they live. You know, a lot of times we see people who have these illnesses, they walk around confused and disengaged with the world around them. And what's amazing to see is you start playing some jazz standards. I went to school for jazz originally. You watch them light up hearing the music of their childhood basically. And they know all the lyrics and they're singing and they're playing percussion. My friends invited me to come along because they knew I was a piano player. And so I I sit in with them regularly. And yeah, unfortunately that too has been put on hold due to the pandemic. Uh, We had our last session in March of 2020 and the rest has been kind of televised reruns of the program for people in the local community. But I'm really excited to get back to that one day. I mean, I really hope that comes back. It's a very worthwhile program. It's completely separate from Pet Rescue Pilots. Just one of the things I like to do for volunteer in my local community.
1: Right. Well, it fits in with your theme. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, you are definitely devoting a lot of your time to others and it's obviously admirable. But we can learn from your journey so far. I mean, obviously Pet Rescue Pilots is somewhat new and there's so much more to come from you. As far as our listeners, what words of wisdom can you share? People are searching for a rewarding gig that taps into their talents. You've done that. So do you think you can give us some actionable steps on finding your authentic self
0: and making it your job? For me, what happened was I had a job that kept me very busy and that's fine, but I was seeking fulfillment In my life. That's what I've always wanted to do through volunteer. And honestly, you know, I, I broke my back in 2013. I suffered a very traumatic brain injury. It was a terrible accident that happened. Yeah, I'm sorry. Non-drinking related, nothing like that. Just, it was one of those things. As you know, like I don't have time for partying ever. So it's not like that was part of it.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Based on what you're telling me, it doesn't sound like it was related to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I started to realize like there's got to be more here to life than just, you know, the job and the money and everything. And I got really involved in philanthropy and volunteering through that. Mm -hmm. I found that it really kind of eased my anxiety and it just made me happy. But it came at a sacrifice. You know, I had to sacrifice free time and leisure to do that. But a lot of my friends, you know, they ask me, like, don't you miss going out and like having a weekend off and this? And I'm like, listen, for me, hopping on a plane and flying from Los Angeles to Vancouver with a plane full of rescue pets, that's a party to me. I have a good time, you know? (laughs) Well, yeah. See, like you can make anything volunteer, right? Like you might enjoy basket weaving and you go and make baskets for people,
1: I've never done that, but (laughs)
0: whatever (laughs) it might be, you know, it's like whatever it is, if people in general were to find a way to do good with the things they love doing, the world would be a better place. I say that all the time. 100%. That is what happened in my case. I just simply loved doing things. I loved flying. I loved animals, and they came together in this way. And I'm just having a blast helping these pets find forever homes. But the other thing is, you know, don't let fear play a role in you not doing something. I know that's very difficult to say, but people will appreciate passion. You could be passionate about any cause. And if someone sees that passion in you, you can inspire them to feel with you.
1: That's so true. I think fear of failure, once you let that go, you're free to do and try whatever it is.
0: Yeah. I was certainly terrified when I first took the leap of faith to start Pet Rescue Pilots.
1: What were you afraid of and how did you overcome it?
0: I knew that it was going to be a substantial investment of resources and time. And how am I going to convey to people what it is that we're doing? Are they going to find value in what I do? Are people even going to donate? You know, and the craziest feeling was having my nonprofit status and receiving our first donated dollar. Oh, I'm sure through you know social media or PayPal. It was just like wow, such a moment. Oh my gosh, like just the feeling of like other people are seeing value in what I'm doing and are contributing to our mission and helping us complete it. That's so cool. It just really feels like a team effort. It's very, very humbling and amazing.
1: And you probably didn't even dream that you would reach, what do you have now, like 40,000 follower? I mean, it's substantial.
0: Yeah, I just, just hit 50,000 50. followers yesterday, which is crazy to me. That's incredible. Um, <laughs> it's just social media has never been something that I paid a lot of attention to, but it just with very little, you know, you just post these pictures and it kind of takes care of itself. I've never bought into the premise that if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. I think no matter what you do, I mean, I love flying. I love pets it is, and I'm unpaid, by the way, I'm a volunteer pilot, but All volunteer. Right. it is a total job sometimes. I mean, there are some days where I'm cleaning fluids that you never want to know comes out of a dog. Um, you know, it's loud and I'm, sweating at the first minute just from loading (laughs) crates in the plane. And I still got to fly five hours, four and a half hours. And it's just, it's a job. You know, those
1: are days when you're working. Those are days when you're (laughs) working. Even though you love the job. I get what you're saying completely.
0: And just don't read into that too much because no matter what they tell you, everything you do, if you do it for work, it becomes a job at some point, but it doesn't mean that you can't love doing it.
1: Ah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, that's honest. And I think you're right. If you're going to throw yourself into something, especially a new project like this, you're going to have to expect that the hard work has to be there. And there are going to be tough days.
0: Yeah, I mean, just today, actually, before we got on this podcast, I was spinning in circles, not physically, but in my head, wondering how I'm going to get everything I need to get done today done. And that's just, you know, between my day job and Pet Rescue Pilots, the demand is just out of control sometimes. And you just got to do what you got to do.
1: Yeah. What you're doing is just amazing work. So we're lucky to have you helping these pets. Tell us where people can find Pet Rescue Pilots, of course, on social media.
0: So social media on Instagram and on Facebook were searchable as Pet Rescue Pilots with an S at the end. We did talk briefly yesterday about why that name is pluralized. Why is it pilots if it's only me flying right now? Well, originally that was designed to be about kids as well at schools, where I wanted to go in and speak to them about how they could pilot their own programs locally that would help reduce pet overpopulation moving forward.
1: That's pretty brilliant.
0: I'm still really hopeful. I think that this year is going to be our year to hit that. I think this fall we're going to start. So I'm excited for that. Pet Rescue Pilots on Instagram and Facebook. Our website is petrescuepilots.org and would definitely love a visit. I would definitely love to say hi to anyone. You know, I'm very responsive to direct messages on my own page. That's cool. What about Twitter? Are
1: you a Twitter guy or not so much?
0: We're not really on Twitter. We just got a TikTok, Pet Rescue Pilots TikTok.
1: I'm telling you, that's the way to go. I've been told I have to start doing that. And, you know, it's like my 18-year-old daughter does TikTok. What am I going to do? But I think we're all kind of trending towards that. It's another platform to utilize, right?
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun, actually. I've played around with it a little bit. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to have to go check it out. (laughs) There's some really creative things you can do.
1: Julian, this was so great to have you on the show. I really appreciate your time, and thanks for everything that you're doing for the pet community. Let's stay in touch. Maybe we'll do a follow-up episode down the road.
0: Absolutely. Would love to.
1: Hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm Crystal Laurie. New content for you every Wednesday. Shoot me a DM with any ideas or comments. You know where to find me, at Bucket List Careers on Instagram or Facebook. Thank you for listening. An Ironic Media
0: Production. Visit us
1: at I-R-O-M-I-C-K